I'm Sylvia Burgos Tofnes, and this is Deep Roots Radio. Every week, my guests help us connect the dots between what we eat and how it's grown because every single food dollar we spend either protects or degrades the environment, produces foods with high nutrition or empty calories, and either helps pay a fair wage or keeps farm workers among the working poor. We get to make that choice every time we push a cart through the grocery store, visit the farmer's market, and eat at a restaurant. I hope you enjoy this interview. As I've traveled the United States, especially recently, what I have so enjoyed seeing are the microbreweries. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. And there are several in Minnesota, and I lived there for numbers of years. Um, Surly is one. Um, and if you travel through the state of Colorado, they seem like they're every other block. Hmm. Because what all of this fermented food and its growing popularity tells me is that lots and lots of people are looking for better and better food. Mm-hmm. You know, we just don't want the bland old, I think I'll have it manufactured by this major corporation. I want a unique taste, mm-hmm. a taste that is really about who we are. One of the things I saw recently, too, is that people uh, now, uh, thinking of tomorrow being Father's Day, uh, people would rather you give them an experience than a physical gift. Absolutely. And that's one of those things that we can do more and more in Polk County, Mm -hmm. in Amory, because we have fine dining, fine arts, Mm -hmm. loads of organic farms and we now have our own microbrewery Hmm. in the way of amory ale works and we have with us this morning the owner and proprietor and builder of that ale works jenna johnson good morning jenna how are you good good morning how are you good good i'm so glad that you're here thank you because when i found out that amory ale works had opened its doors i thought man, we have arrived as a city. <laughs> <laughs> when you can have your a, a brewery, like you could practically smell the hops from your farm, I think mm-hmm. this place has got its, its name on a map. Jenna, I mean, did you grow up in brewing? I mean, is that something that you, that's part of your background? No, I definitely did not grow up in brewing. Um, actually, I was kind of the girl who needed to you know, eat pizza and burgers to drink her first beer. Um, so I would say it's something I fell into. Uh, I definitely drank more beer and appreciated the experience um, as I grew up. Um, I'm a lover of craft beer and like all sorts of kinds. I think I was that classic example of, you know, your first IPA. Oh, I don't like this. And now you can't get enough. Um, so I think it's kind of growing into something that you like as you get older. Um, I've learned enough to be dangerous. Um, so yeah, it's just been kind of a journey. A journey. Now, you're a Wisconsinite. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that beer mist that runs across this state, I think. <laughs> yes. You know, it, it, it's part of the, it's part of our, our atmosphere. But you've lived in, in numbers of big cities. Yes. Why did you choose Amory for your new business? So I would say Amory found me. Um, I definitely was on a journey to find a property, specifically a barn. I've always wanted to build something in a barn for the longest time. Um, I was in Minneapolis 
searching for anything on our outside of the cities. Um, and I was here in town looking at a different property and a woman named Gwen Baker said, well, if you're looking for a barn, I have one. And I came and I found the Amory Illworks property. Um, and when you step inside that place, um, not only in the old barn, but on the property itself, it's one of those places that you know, wow, this is beautiful. I have to figure out how to share this with everybody. And that's how I found Amory. You know, I was there just yesterday because I thought, you know, I, I should take a look at this beautiful place uh, before our show today. And was so impressed, not only by the beauty of the barn, because it's got a beautiful coat of paint on it. It's, it's just a very strong structure. But also you've allowed the old cement silo yes. to be a major mm. feature on the farm. And it is just gorgeous. It's it gorgeous. Kinda, it anchors right next to the barn. You've got all kinds of Adirondack chairs outside, bean toss for adults and children, I suppose, <laughs> who come. And... I mean, you've, you've made just beautiful use of that property. But this is a business that you've built over time. So you, you bought the property when? Uh, in 2014. In 2014. And right now, what is it that your that Amory Ale Works offers? So today we are a restaurant. Um, definitely not a full service, but we have a pretty good limited menu of easy things. Um, pizzas, paninis more your simple fare. We definitely don't have deep fryers, so we're limited in what we can offer. Um, kind of just that fresh food experience. And then we also offer craft beer and wine and hard ciders. And we are that place that might have a different craft beer on every two weeks because we change them up. We want to bring new beer to Amory. Um, and sometimes you'll only see something once. That's a, that actually is a lot of fun idea. Yes. <laughs> that you may actually be there enjoying a beer that it may not happen again. Yes. For, for quite a while. Uh, it makes you want to come back often, I think, <laughs> and see kind of what's here today. So the craft brews that you're offering right now, are those ones that you make or are you purchasing some right now? We are purchasing at the present moment um, through distributors. And we offer quite a lineup of different um, craft beers. And then we always have two hard ciders on tap as well. I love hard cider. I do. It's one of my favorite <laughs> things. So you've got you've got your your menu, you've got these craft beers on tap. Where are you in your own microbrewing business? Yes. In that aspect. Yep. So our business is kind of all organically grown. Um, we've kind of started slow and take piece by piece. So we opened up and just had beer and wine. Um, and then we went after our food permit mm. and did the restaurant piece. Um, so we kind of finally have that under our belt. Then we hired folks, um, and we're kind of just getting through the last piece of training them. And our final stuff was to knock out all of the permits for craft beer, which there are quite a few. Um, and we just received our final permit from the state this past month. Wow, congratulations on that. And for all of us who may not be quite as familiar with Eugenia as far as what a craft beer is, I did a little Googling and went to the Brewers Association website. So when we're talking about craft breweries, what we're talking about are, are, are businesses that, that have three characteristics. One, they've got to be small. They need to be independent, and they have to use some traditional methods and ingredients. And by small, the Brewers Association says 6 million barrels a year or less, which to me sounds like this astronomical <laughs> amount of, of, uh, 
of beer, but that's what they that's what they say what small is. Independent refers to the fact that seventy five percent of that business needs to be owned by either businesses or individuals that already do not have an alcohol based business. And by traditional, they're referring to either um, well-honed, age-old, time-proved methods or innovation and using really well-sourced ingredients. And this whole notion of, of developing and, and having a really excellent beer is not just catching on. It's really caught fire across the United States because there are now... 5,234 craft breweries in the United States. And that's up from just 2,000 in 2012. That is like massive, massive rise in the number of, of craft breweries in the United States. They rose by over 21% uh, last year overall in the United States. And they account for about uh, 12%, a little bit more than 12% of the market share. So that's what we mean by craft breweries. And when you take a look at your business, Jenna, at Amory Ale Works, what are you thinking is going to be the volume that you're going to be producing in a year? Any idea? This year, we're going to start very small. Um, we're hoping to get good feedback on the types of beer to offer um, and then work into large scale. We definitely will never be the folks who are canning and sending it all over. We, Our hopes are to stick small you know, really be able to offer you growlers or crawlers at our location, maybe source a couple of local restaurants. But we're probably a little bit different than some of the craft breweries who are really looking to make their market presence everywhere. Right, right now, we're really focused on Amory. Yeah, and if you're from Wisconsin, uh, you know that one of our craft breweries that is very large, you know, one of the top 50 is New Glarus. Yes. Some of us are, sp are familiar with this, the chipmunk and the spotted cow. Um you know, I am. And I am just like thrilled at the idea of something that's different, something that's very, very much uh, about the Amory terroir. Yes. You know, very, very local. So when you think about the craft beers that you're going to brew, have you got any kinds of... Uh, products or flavors or ideas in mind of where you're going to start? Yeah, so our first one is actually going to be a ginger beer. Um, we are working with a local CSA farm here in Amory, um, Sleepy Root, to grow organic ginger for us. So it got shipped in earlier this year from Hawaii, and they're working on cultivating more of that for us. Um, so that's one that we're going to go out of the gate with. I don't think that you can find a lot of ginger beer, at least even through distributors. Um, so I like offering something different um, and then a second one that we're focused on is a coffee stout um, we have a good friend who owns a coffee company so we are really about um, if we can source a local ingredient or feature an ingredient um, through someone we know or that kind of channel those are the types of beers we like to make something with you mentioned that your background is not in the brewing business you didn't grow up with that <coughs> excuse me but now you are, you've got your permits, you're going to start brewing. How are you building the skills or are you going to have a brewmaster's? Um, so I have home brewed for a couple of years now. Um, I've also taken a class out in Colorado that teaches you both the business and brewing side. 
Um, but on top of that, yes, we are going to partner with other brewers. Um, I have a full-time job, so I will never be a full-time brewer here at Amory Illworks. Um, so yeah, is that find someone local. Um, we've met a couple of people who fit the bill and offer something um, and kind of work together as a community to mm -hmm. bring craft beer to Amory. Um, so you will see me doing part of the work, but not all of it. Um, so there is definitely still finding either local home brewers or a particular brewer to brew for us. Right. So when you when I think about your location and I think about the volume that you may produce, lots of us don't know what the equipment looks like. Yes. Okay. So it's like, I don't know. I, I mean, I've made cider, but uh, six gallons at a time. What? What does the equipment look like? I mean, what are we talking about when you're dealing with volumes of brewed beer? Yeah, so currently in our brewery, we have four three-barrel fermenters and then a five-barrel um, set up for the brew house. I would say we're not going out of the gate with that. We're going to start smaller this summer to get a feel for the batches of brew and then truly finish piping in our brew house this fall and winter. Um, but three barrels of beer is about six half barrels <laughs> so it's sizable um how much is in a barrel i, I mean I, I really don't even know how to scale a this. half barrel of beer pours you about 120 pints wow yeah okay so we're talking about hefting a few glasses here yes <laughs> okay all right how long does that process take um, brewing, uh, you can definitely brew in a day, um, but then the fermentation cycle depends on the type of brew your beer you're brewing. Um, it can be anywhere from seven days to even longer, depending on the style. And once it goes through these various tanks, because mm -hmm. it looks like they were tanks yep. that I saw yesterday. Are these stainless steel? Ah, uh, Yes. Are they stainless steel glass lined or just stainless steel? They are stainless steel. Okay, yeah. stainless steel. Because I think I, I saw some in Italy, but that was at a vintner. So they were stainless steel glass lined encased in cement. Oh, whoa. I think it was all about temperature control. Yes. Is temperature uh, an important yes. aspect of when you brew beer? Very important in the fermentation um, step. Also important while you're brewing to maintain and hit certain temperatures, but fermentation is really when the temperature piece comes into play. Okay. So what kind of temperatures are you working with? Um, it depends on the style of beer. Mm -hmm. um, and you will cool that um, in your fermenters down to a certain temperature. So you basically have really hot beer. You're going to cool it down, get it into your fermenters, and then you want to maintain it at certain temps. Okay. So it's sort of like a constant line. You've got something kind of going through as you ferment and then get into some place where it cools down. Yeah. So the cool part actually happens um, right after you finish brewing your batch of beer, mm -hmm. and you're going to move it into your fermentation vessel okay. to spend its week or longer. Um and that's when it happens. So on your transfer, you'll actually cool your beer okay. from that really hot brewed temperature down to your fermentation. Okay. Temp. Now, you mentioned that you're going to be kind of um, kicking the door open initially with a, a ginger beer. Yes. Okay. Which sounds fantastic. Ginger and coffee, you know, expect me to be there. Um, what are the other ingredients in beer? Well, you have your hops, you've okay. got your water, and you've got your grains, and your malts. And your malts. All right. Now, the sugars that the fermentation process uses comes from the grains and the malt? Correct. Okay. 
yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to find some equivalents in my head to the bread baking and other stuff that I've done. And, and uh, just so that you know, too, uh, Dave Corbett is a trained baker. Oh, nice. He, th- that was his professional life before he, he came into farming. I have a question. Uh, how important is the water? And do you have to source the water someplace or is it, how does that work? So I am on a well, <laughs> so I will be sourcing from my local property. Um, obviously, the characteristics of your water give the beer a different taste. You can add to it, um, but we so far from our homebrew experience have had pretty good water quality. Um, we do do tests um, monthly to make sure mm-hmm. my water quality maintains, but um, so far it's been pretty good. Hmm. You mentioned that you had taken a class out in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Was it well attended? So it's actually a class um, that you do, and it's just for you or a small group of people. Um, it's called Colorado Boy, and they teach you kind of twofold. They teach you how to do the business side of it and all the licensing you need, and all then right. they also teach you how to brew on larger equipment. So how do you go from home brew scale size to larger equipment? How do you clean that equipment? How do you actually use some of the larger I mean, they had a seven-barrel system on site. Um, And they also, uh, they used to work for the same company that I worked for, um, IBM. And they were two brothers. And they switched over time into opening a craft beer. So they can kind of walk you through the steps of how do you go from being maybe a business person or something else and then work into this industry? What are actually the regulations and requirements you need? But then... What are some of just the odd things that we've learned? You know, they taught mm-hmm. us how to build a keg cleaning equipment so you don't have to go purchase a big one. Um, mm. Simple stuff like that. Uh, and they also have a lot of knowledge on do you buy a tank or do you build one? Um, you can take old dairy equipment a lot of times and create, you know, fermentation vessels or specific brew tanks out of them. So they had a lot of knowledge there. And then they also give you this base of if you have questions as you go, a whole community of homebrewers who've went through their course that mm. you can tap into. Um, you know, Jenna, this is really fascinating um, because when you talk about equipment, I wonder, is it hard to get equipment here in the United States for the size brewery that you are establishing? I think the um, piece of equipment that's always challenging is just the capital investment. So if you have a lot of money, it is definitely not hard to get equipment. If you are trying to do things on a low-level budget, it's definitely harder. Um, You'll see that some of our equipment is dairy tanks that have been reconfigured. Um, So we're kind of trying to work within the realms of things we can get. Um, But, yeah, I mean, if you're even homebrewing, you can brew in a single bucket, nothing fancy to get started. So I think it really depends on the level of investment that you're willing to make kind of equals how easy it is to get your equipment. Got it. And I actually really love the idea that some of this is kind of repurposed dairy. I mean, that is yes. like so Amory. <laughs> it's so Poe County. It's like, yes, this is really. It's our whole property. <laughs> a lot of things have come from auctions or folks giving us stuff. So we're a little bit grassroots in that area. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. That is excellent. Now, you had mentioned um, a little earlier that you want to make the kind of brew that will meet the kind of tastes and the uh, 
likes and dislikes of the local people. How do you plan to find that out? You know, we're going to do that by small batches this summer. So we're going to cycle through different kinds. Um, you'll probably see just one to two of our beers on tap, but getting that feedback. And it, that's kind of how we rolled out our food menu as well is, all right, here, what do you think? Um, give us the good and the bad and the ugly and... I think it's been well received. You get some good, honest feedback. And just because someone doesn't like your style of beer doesn't necessarily mean that wasn't a good beer. But it's really about offering that experience and the type of food and drinks that the community wants. Right. So this isn't just my bar. <laughs> right. You know, it's a bar for people um, here. And we want to make sure that bringing you what you want or what you can't get somewhere else so what's the reception been like it's been awesome just a super supportive community um i think people have liked that we switch things out on both our beer and our menu people understand that we come in and try our best and we don't always have the answer but we're gonna give it a go and give it our heart and i think that's been well received um people have rolled up their sleeves and helped all the time just the other day my neighbor down the street was bringing me more firewood um so just stuff like that it's kind of been a community investment um and it's been beautiful to see now you started out you opened your doors with an event mm -hmm. i guess so, uh, describe the reception that you got for that event yes yeah, so um i got my building permits or occupancy in december after many many years of doing construction and and this is December of 2016. Yes. So December, just a few months ago. Yes, okay. just a few months ago. And him hawing on, do I open on New Year's Eve? And then there was a group of friends, and we said, you know what? We're all going to drink. We might as well drink at your bar. So let's open on New Year's Eve. And 24 hours ahead of time, um, I was going back and forth on, should I post anything? What should I do? Okay, I'm going to post it on Facebook. And, of course, my walk-in cooler broke. <laughs> Kegs were sitting in the snow. You're sitting there going, oh, this is a terrible idea. What am I doing? And, you know, within those 24 hours, friends rolled up their sleeves. People helped. Um, and we got everything up and running. And we opened our doors on New Year's Eve. And 150 to 200 people came out with a 24-hour notice. And we had no idea that you could get a reception like that. That's outstanding. Yeah. That is outstanding. And it speaks to the good taste of the people in Amory. Yes. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very fun, fun evening. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think we said at the, at the beginning of our show that, that Amory Ale Works has been another indication of, I think, the, the search for really excellent food. Yes. And excellent quality um, in a town where, and you know, we're, we're like 2,900 people here, in a town where a lot of people would look at it and dismiss it yeah. and say, oh, you know, this is a farm community. What do they know? And we have discerning tastes as well as the real desire to welcome a business such as yours into our town because it really adds to the sense of community and to the sense of this was made here. Yeah. And it really cannot be duplicated in another spot. So another place to visit if you're coming into Polk County, if you're crossing through going into St. Croix County, is Amory Aleworks. Jenna, what is the address? 588 115th Street, uh, Amory, Wisconsin, which is also around here known as County Road C. County Road, <laughs> that's right. County Road C. 
So you're starting off with that. You're going to be uh, tapping people and asking them, what do you like? Yes. What don't you like about what they um, about what they've got? Um, you talked about some of your major challenges, and I know that you're starting out small and slow, which is like the smartest thing in the world to do. But have you got any kind of vision of what you're hoping for? Um, my vision is to give this a go. Like I've told everyone, I am spent many years constructing this. We finally opened our doors. We finally have a staff. We finally made it this far. We're going to give it our heart this entire year and then say, does this make sense? Um, mm. There's always a business side to every business. Um, and so far, you know, we've been doing good. We're learning a lot about the industry. Before this, I can't say that I've run a restaurant. So even learning mm. the analytics behind restaurant management and the margins um, that you make. So I think that you'll see us put our heart in this year. Mm -hmm. um, kind of reevaluate what worked, what didn't work. Um, what do we need to change? Um, do we need to do more events, less events? Do we come more of an event space? Um, I think this property will never stop sharing itself mm -hmm. uh, but I think it will really be shaped on how do we share ourselves um, you know if the beer side completely takes off that's a different thing we have a whole upstairs space what do we use that for um, so there's a lot to do so I can't say I have a vision nailed down but more I know exactly the timelines where I want to check in and kind of redo mm. that check on okay here's where I started here's where I am what makes sense now based on what I've learned and that makes an awful lot of sense as a small business, this is what you need to be doing all the time is evaluating the, the metrics as yeah. far as mm -hmm. the finances go. Yeah. Because you, you're not going to be a sustainable business if you're not economically sustainable. Yes. Okay, to give people directions, if I go west of Amory on, on County Road F. Yes. And then I get to County Road C. Yes. And then I go south. Yes. And you're right on the left-hand side there. Yeah, about a mile and a half down, yeah. right on the left-hand side. Mm -hmm. And we finally have a big sign on the road. I saw it the other yes. day. <laughs> yep. it even, it's even lit. I yeah, think at nighttime yeah. we do light it up, and we most of the time are pretty good about putting out the open piece when we're actually open. And do you have a website? Yes, we do. Um, it's www.amoryaleworks.com. And we now are open Thursday through Sunday. Okay. Very good. And you have events. So you have an events calendar. Yes. We have all sorts of fun events. Visit my website, bronxtobarn.com, to download this and past interviews, to learn about my farm, and to reserve 100% grass-fed beef. We deliver to Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota. Thanks.